0: This week's Parsha Parshas Tzav And of course it's Purim, happy Purim everybody So the in the middle of this week's Parsha We read A perpetual fire shall burn on the altar And it shall not cease Fire should always be burning on the Mizbeach And it seems like a mundane command But it's filled with depth We, re- we read back in Parshas Kitisa And we spoke about uh, the half shekel that each Jew had to contribute for the building of the Mishkan. And in Shemaim, says Chazal, the Rebunah keeps the half Shkalim underneath his throne, but the Shkalim aren't actually physical Shkalim, it's Shkalim of fire. What was the interpretation according to the She Mishmu That the value of a mitzvah, of giving a half Shekel to contribute to the Mizbeach, to the Mishkan, is not the sum given, it's the intent with which each Jew performs the mitzvah. The fire, the passion, the understanding. And we're expected to have a fire burning in our hearts perpetually. That's what we learn and the Mepharshim bring down. from Even the days when we wake up and we're not feeling the passion, the energy, we're not feeling that simcha. That's not what the fire is necessarily. It's not exactly what simcha is. We get a beautiful explanation of simcha from the Mepharshim on Megillus Esther. What happened? After Achashverosh sets into motion Haman's evil plan, Mordechai shows up outside the palace wearing sackcloth to show King Achashverosh that he's mourning this decision and he opposes this decision to destroy his fellow Jews and himself, and his people. Esther sends Mordechai more dignified fine garments to wear and to put them on and take off his sackcloth. But Mordechai refuses to wear the fine garments that Esther sends him via a messenger, he wants to wear his sackcloth. What's going on over here? Says the Alshich, Esther was saying to Mordechai, let's be pragmatic, let's figure this out. Let's put, put on a nice suit, go to the king with the right clothing on, in the right form, in the right fashion, and try and talk to him. Let's figure this out. But Mordechai is saying over here, no, it's not time for pragmatism. It's not time for his It's time for a nase. It's time for a miracle. And I'm not leaving these palace gates until I get a miracle. And the Malbim explains that Mordechai's approach is, the best chance for a miracle is for me to pray for one. So it's two opposite approaches being presented over here by Esther and by Mordechai. Esther is saying, take off your sackcloth, stop sitting there and praying, and let's go and let's do something. Mordechai over here is saying, it's not time for eshtadlos, it's time to sit here and pray and have bitachon. We have to pray to Hashem to overturn the decree. We have to pray for a miracle. And really... This is a watershed moment in Jewish history, in the history of our relationship with God, with the Klai Yisrael's relationship with God. Why? What's unique about this moment in this period in uh, in Shushan, during the story of Purim? What's unique about it? Because it's the first significant event in the post-Navi, the post-prophet era. Klai Yisrael is so used to just approaching a Navi with a, a scenario like this, decree. Of death upon the jewish people who better to go to than the expert than the navi he has the you know a special relationship and connection to the to hashem he's able to talk to hashem uh in a special way he's going to be able to help us figure out what we need to do to fix this problem over here with mordechai with esther with this entire narrative that's no longer an option it's not available anymore that's in the past so they're searching for that balance of yishtadlus Versus versus bitachon versus praying. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to figure these situations out without a navi available to us? So says the Rav of Radonsk. He dis, he sort of disagrees with the Alshech. He says, really, Esther understood that when there's bad news, you go and you pray to Hashem, but you don't pray to Hashem in sackcloth. The Al-Sheikh is, I mean, the Rav of Redansk, Redansk is saying over here. Yes, she understands you're supposed to pray. But praying in sackcloth is not something a Jew is supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing it, praying, besimcha. No matter how bleak the situation is. But Mordechai he refused to, to put on the clothing. He refused, he refused to embrace this idea of being besimcha. Because he's like, this is not a time for simcha. There's a decree for our people to be destroyed. We're not supposed to be besimcha. We we're supposed to take ourselves very, very seriously over here. So what is simcha? Sev, says uh, Rav Salvechik that it isn't a mood... It's not a feeling. Moods and feelings fluctuate. They change. We can't always control how we're going to feel in a given moment or in a given day. We're constantly changing. Any stimulus can change our mood dramatically. So what really is Simcha? It's a deep awareness that one's existence has purpose. That our existence is meaningful. Because our mood, our emotions, that is constantly changing. So we can't, if the Torah is going to tell us that we're supposed to be besimcha, Eish kad al-mizbeach lo tichbe. And as Rabbi Nachman says, Mitzvah gedola liyos Besimcha Tamid. And Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman has, has written openly about his struggles with sadness, with depression. So, how is Rabbi Nachman going to tell us to be Besimcha, Tamid, always be Besimcha, and tell us it's such a big mitzvah if we can't do it? It's impossible. Even you, Rabbi Nachman, struggled with this, with, with Simcha. Because the idea of Simcha is not just to have a big smile on your face, it's much deeper than that. It's understanding that there's purpose to our existence. There's a reason for everything that happens, even the things that we perceive to be bad, to be negative, to be challenging. And Esther is in total agreement with that sentiment over here. Even in the face of complete hopelessness and destruction, we have to be besimcha. There's a story the Baal Shem Tov brings down. And I think I've told this before where he's walking with his students in the shtetl and they see Chekel, the water carrier. And Chekel, the water carrier, it looks like he's in a terrible mood. The Baal Shem Tov says, Heiko, how are you? He says, oh, everything's terrible. My route delivering the water is filled with obstacles. I, I spilled, I spilled some, of my, some of my lot. It's just been a tough day. Everything's horrendous. Next day, Baal Shem Tov is walking with his Talmudim. And they find, and there's Heiko again on his route, walking with his water. And the Rav says to Heiko, how are you doing today, Heiko?" And Heiko says, oh, everything's amazing, Baruch Hashem. It's such a blessing to be able to do this job, that I have a job, that I'm able to make a parnasa. that I'm able to be outside, and that I'm able to do this and that. Oh, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a blessing. It's such a bracha, rov. The students turn to the Baal Shem Tov and say, well, it's like a different Heiko. The Baal Shem Tov explains it's not a different Heiko. It's the same exact guy. Because really we have to understand there's no good, there's no bad in this world. It's either we choose to recognize that we have that deep purpose, that meaning in our lives, or we choose not to. If we choose not to, it's going to be difficult. But really we have that choice. We have the ability to recognize that Hashem's hand is in everything that we do. And we're living for something greater than just ourselves and just us in this moment where we feel terrible. There's a much grander scheme of things that's going on behind the scenes. And that's what the whole story of, of the Megillah is all about. So which approach is correct back to this back to um, this this approach of of how we how we approach changing a, an evil decree how we approach challenges what's the right approach the Esther approach or what Mordechai is proposing over here in the narrative so we need only read on in the Megillah the Megillah confirms what the right approach is supposed to be Achashverosh can't sleep one night and he asks one of his servants to read from the book of records and the servant happens to open up to the page that recorded Mordechai foiling the plot of Bigtan and Terech and Ahasuerus realized he never rewarded Mordechai when do the fortunes of Mordechai change when does Mordechai realize wow everything worked out perfectly when he changes his clothing when he puts on the royal garb as his reward, it's the first time he felt the situation has turned around completely. Everything was flipped on its head. Says the Tifer Shlomo, we learn from here that you have to have simcha no matter what. To always be conscious of our greater purpose and the meaning we have in our lives. And my friend shared with me a word I want to share with you guys to end off from Rabbi Eli Melech Biederman. Why is there a mitzvah to drink wine on Purim according to the Maseches Maseches Megillah in the Gemara? We're supposed to drink to the point where we can't tell the difference between cursed is Haman, blessed is Mordechai. Because every single Jew, no matter what they look like or where they're holding, is ultimately totally equal and all come from the same exact place in Shemayim. But we look different, talk different. Some wear tattoos, some wear black hats. When we drink, the barriers are removed. Our perspectives are altered and we more easily can mingle and connect and realize really all the same at the end of the day. And we all share the same purpose and meaning and have a chalik in the Torah and a relationship with the Rabboni Shalom. So we should be zolchet to recognize this, to have true simcha, not just to have a smile on our face and laugh. Yes, that's amazing. We should all have that as much as possible. But at the end of the day, we can't always have that every second of every single day. There are going to be obstacles. There's going to be moments when we question. There are going to be moments that are challenging. As we're going to speak about next week, Moshe Rabbeinu even had the same thing. According to the Chaim, when Moshe had to consecrate, Aaron HaKoin as the coin Gadol. This was a very painful moment for Moshe, but he had to plow through the emotion, not to be a victim just of his emotions, which are fleeting anyway, and have the, the idea and the understanding that the Rabban Shalom is taking care of me. He knows what I'm supposed to do, and ultimately that's what true Simcha is all about. So everybody should have Misha Nichnas Adar Marbus Simcha, a perm filled with Simcha, and a great Shabbos.